Hi everyone, it's Tips. What's popping everybody? This is Bonga and you're tuned into a special edition of the Unintentional Podcast. This is our bonus episode to just kind of wind up 2021 and look forward to 2022. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect way to actually, well, it's ideal to take some time to look back and reflect on the year that was. I mean, it's, it had its fair share of ups and downs and sadly, as you listeners will hear, it uh, had a lot of downs actually yes more downs than ups well for me as well just personally and uh yeah i'm just feeling the year end fatigue and stuff how are you feeling about you know it being december things are shutting down yeah yeah things are shutting down um it is somewhat of a relief i mean uh, a break is is much needed hey at this point um it'll be nice to relax get away <laughs> if the country isn't shut down, of course, because of uh, what is it called? Omicron, right? Yeah. So if, if there's an opportunity to get away and, and just relax and unwind, yeah, I'd be quite happy to do that. But uh, yeah, uh, year end fatigue has definitely set on as well on my side. So I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling it heavily as well. Yeah, I'm so relieved and that the schools have closed. No more waking up. Yay. And um yeah, my daughter passed and she's going to a new grade next year. So that's and kind of a good note to end it off on. Oh, definitely, man. Congratulations to her. Congratulations. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it was a tough year. Hey, I mean, imagine, um, there were, I'm sure there were days where they had to study from home and there were days where they had to go to school. So this year has been very, well, mm. this year and last year was quite unique in terms of schools and how they, you know, the pupils had to go about learning acquiring information and studying for tests and well working towards a pass so yeah congratulations to your daughter she did very well i'm sure you let her know how proud you are of her yes shame she'll get a special christmas gift just to celebrate her because yes it was tough um on them having to have alternate days to go to school and back and all of that stuff but um yeah what kind of news caught your this year quite a bit uh but i think the standout um has to be the unrest of uh july this year that uh you know um <clears throat> unfolded or happened immediately after the arrest of former president uh, jacob zuma and yeah the the province kwazulu natal and the city peter maritzburg uh, were heavily affected by that and of course gauteng as well certain parts of gauteng province were also affected but of course we live here in Peter Marsburg Kazadan and we can only tell our side of you know how our experiences were as far as that um, event was and yeah it was quite heavy eh? it was quite heavy uh, that's the one thing that stands out uh, for me how what are your feelings on the unrest of July this past year you know July was a very hectic month it was one of those like apocalyptic movies where you feel like you're in a movie and things are just happening all around you. Um, you're closed off from going to certain areas. You have to queue for food. You don't even know what the future is going to hold. It was just very scary. And I'm glad we have come out of that, you know. But um, the effects of it still linger with us till this day. Yeah, definitely. And we have to give props to the, you know, the private security companies and those communities that, you know, uh, stood up, took a stand really and uh, defended, you know, uh, some shopping centers, 
some uh, areas, uh, residential areas and the like, because, you know, if, if they hadn't stepped up, uh, a whole lot more damage could have been done, you know. Uh, it would have been a whole lot worse than what it was. And, of course, it was bad. Uh, hundreds of lives were lost. Uh, millions, in fact, billions of, of rands uh, were lost. So the damage was really hectic and could have been worse. So shout out to those people that stood up uh, where South African police services, unfortunately, could not assist because they were understaffed. But it is what it is. We are where we are right now. And we can only look back and hope that uh, uh, we can never have a repeat of, of this, you know? Well, we don't know if they were understaffed or what was happening there because, you know, there was a commission set up by the South African Human Rights Com or Commission. And um, I just heard in one of the interviews, uh, Peggy Taylor was like, they weren't given an order to do anything. So, um uh, I haven't been following the commission, so, but I just heard that one part the other day, and basically, yeah, I just felt as if the cops just stood back and folded their arms, and mm -hmm. the people were on their own, and even by the time they brought out the army, it was a little too late. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of the damage had been done, malls had been burnt down, businesses had been yeah, a lot of a lot had been lost actually, and of course, um, hundreds of people have been prosecuted for the looting. But of course, it can't be everyone. I'm sure there's tons of people who are still roaming about <laughs> who, who participated in the looting that are convicted, but any or, re, or at least charged. But um, I wanted to point out also that um, yeah, it's I'm, I'm interested. I want to uh, also follow uh, up on uh, on this commission by the human rights, you know, yeah. and see how, how that unfolds. Uh, did you, have you heard about the book that was being written, that's been written actually and published called Eight Days in July? Mm -mm. I didn't oh, it's a good know. book. It's a good book. I want to buy it or let, borrow it somewhere and read it. It'll be interesting. It's, it's an account by some journalists actually who were on the ground when all of this was happening. So it'll be exciting to hear what they think on, you know, their perspective of, on this. And maybe, and, and it's said that they had um, access to certain intelligence documents uh, that probably shed light into some things that happened. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, you know, happened in that. I just don't have the names of the authors. I think probably during the course of the recording, I'll remember and Google the authors and, and let you know. Uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting book. I want to read that. Yes, definitely. I would also really want to read that. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because at the end of the day, who will take responsibility for what happened? Because someone has responsibility. The country can't just basically go into chaos and no one is held accountable. Otherwise, you know, what are, is our government for? Exactly, exactly. What are we doing here, guys? <laughs> as some people would say. But yeah, quite a number of things. Other. Uh, oh, yes, I wanted to point out as well that uh, sadly, um, some malls, I mean, yeah, some rebuilding has taken place. Some shops have reopened since then. But there are some areas uh, where the shopping centers and malls have not been reopened. For instance, um, the Edendale Mall is still closed down. There's also a shopping center just past the Edendale Hospital where there used to be a building around there and there's a spa in that shopping center. Apparently that's still closed. Exactly, yes. And uh, Brookside Mall actually as well. Brookside Mall um, was also um, burnt. Hey? There was a viral video actually. Yeah. 
that scared me because that was on day one of the looting and and the riots and yo that fire crazy yeah scary as hell see the fire from home is it sure no that was huge that was huge. Do you mind if I read just uh, a brief intro about uh, this Eight Days in July book? Okay. Uh, it says, in July 2001, with Jacob Zuma's imprisonment, dramatic and violent scenes of unrest and looting unfolded in KZN oh, and yeah. in, uh, I beg your pardon, 2021, yeah. Uh, more than 360 people lost their lives and damage exceeding 50 billion rands. Piercing together the full story, journalists... Uh, Kantar Hunter, Jeff Wicks, and Kavil Singh sift through hundreds of pages of leaked documents and intelligence briefs. Eight Days in July is a riveting first-hand account of what really happened, reported from the epicenter of the chaos. So I'm excited about reading this book and really what, what these intelligence documents actually reveal, you know? Oh, I was saying I used to work with Jeff Wicks um, at Independent Media. Oh, is it? Oh, that's dope. That's dope. I think I think uh, Jeff Wicks is he, he, a white guy who's blonde, right? Wow, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, you know why? Because I, I was I was watching an interview of him and um, Kavil Singh on um, the Cliff Central burning platform. I think two weeks ago when they were promoing the book and talking about it. Mm-hmm. You might want to watch that as well. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I know your obsession with Gareth, um, <laughs> but yeah. I- Talking about, you know, um, leaders taking accountability and all of that, um, you had our local elections uh, and then Ntumkulu Tebola was re-elected as the mayor of Peter Maritzburg and I'm not sure how I feel about that because I guess I can just be hopeful that maybe this time he will make a difference um, in the city of Peter Maritzburg because really the state of our city is not something to be proud about. Yeah, it's really sad what's going on here and, and the way things look. I mean, uh, the litter, the potholes, uh, leaking uh, pipes, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot. Yes. And um, like the, even the Msunduzi Municipality Residents and Ratepayers Association has written a letter to uh, the president and, you know, other local government, key members of local government, just to highlight, you know, the plight of what they say is the failing infrastructure and lack of enforcement of the city's bylaws and legislation on property owners in the city. And just highlighting everything, um, some of the things you've also been saying that, you know, the state of just the roads, the lights, everything, the homeless people or amapara as people refer to them, so mm-hmm. it's just um, just hoping that, you know, something will come out of this letter that's being sent. Um, I'm not sure how it works, but, yeah, hopefully we can hear something back, something positive and something actually is done about it. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like the, the you know, the, the, the power sort of has shifted a little bit, you know, with the elections and there's... There isn't uh, an overwhelming majority in as far as one party ruling the city per se at a local level. And hopefully that would, you know, encourage the, what you call this, the municipal council to be more collaborative and then see where we can actually, well, well, where they can actually improve on things. I know, I did note though, uh, two things. One, uh, there was a story about uh, collaboration with the mayor, right? And 
one of the older schools here in Peter Maritzburg um, College. Um, apparently, they, they've uh, entered into a joint venture to revamp um, a stadium next to the school, uh, the Oval Cricket Stadium. Okay. By the way, that's where the, I think we had, we once hosted the Cricket World Cup here, and one of the games were played at the Oval, actually. Back, I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, it'll be nice. You know, and, and that collaboration in itself is, I guess, some could take it as a, something positive because, I mean, maybe other projects may come about and it may not necessarily be a collaboration with Marisburg College. It may be with other, you know, um, organizations. It may be just by the council or the city, but it's a good indication. So that's the one and thing. Other yeah, other businesses, exactly. That was number one. And number two is... I have noticed, though, that even you, you'll, you will have noticed that um, before the elections, there was a lot of uh, pothole repairs on the roads, right? Um, I was quite happy to see that uh, that's still underway, even you know many days after the election. So I think that's that's positive as well, and it's filtered down to certain parts of the CBD as well. You know, potholes are being repaired. So who knows uh, where that will go? Yeah. Um, I'm just hoping that it carries on, but not just potholes, you know, we need more than just potholes. People need a park, people need streetlights, people need to feel safe when they are out shopping, because even in the city, the businesses there are actually afraid now because of the level of crime that's being committed. Um, And we've also mentioned, you know, some break-ins of jewelry stores and other places in town. So... I hope that also gets addressed, not just the streets. Exactly, because crime is a serious problem, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, I shouldn't have laughed when I said crime, because yeah, crime is like very serious, guys. Yeah. It's scary, actually, being in the CBD, to be honest. Um, and besides, you know... Anyway, and the suburbs even, I mean, there's just paras walking around so you don't feel safe when you go out your house because who knows what they might do to you oh yeah that's so true i mean this morning i was reading a story about uh robbery and a shooting in santon you know uh one i mean one would assume that you'd feel safer in a very fancy place like santon so really now looking back here you can't really guarantee that you'd be safe if you're in the suburbs or in the townships or whatever it's you know uh heavier police presence or whatever is needed to make people feel safer anywhere in the city is very important actually yeah so good good point there good point and just talking about crime uh, i remember around scottsville um you know police killed seven suspects in a shootout in a house near my place and that was scary as hell to just think that um there's so many dodgy things happening around and you don't even know. I mean, you used to drive past that house or walk past that house not knowing that there's drug dealers and, you know, he will, apparently he was also one of the um, prisoners that had escaped because um, remember there was that big prison break episode in, in Meritsburg. So one of the guys, he was uh, living at this house with a couple of his friends. So that was a big thing for me as well. It just, wow, it seemed like a movie. 2021 was really like a movie. It really was. It was like a, an action thriller and a horror and, and a post-apocalyptic horror at the same time. It was it was insane. In fact, the breakout incident 
happened along a route I use <laughs> to go to work. And fortunately, that day I was super early. I got to work at like uh, half past six or something. And I heard that uh, the um, confrontation with the police and the breakout happened yeah. at around 7.45, which, which would be the time when I ordinarily would have driven past there. So I could have caught all the action if I had been a few minutes or hours late. So, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite a movie, hey, and tragic, of course. Mm. So what other news caught your... Well, the one major thing that caught my eye and uh, really got in the way of a lot of plans that uh, so many of us had actually made during the year was uh, the discovery of this um, new variant of COVID-19 known as Omicron. So, you know, it's sad how, you know, towards the end of the year, like a large number of people had, you know, been vaccinated, uh, even fully vaccinated. And it seemed like uh, you know, the country was opening up because we were, we were and still are at level one of the lockdown. So there was less restrictions and, and the like. But now with this discovery of Omicron, it, you know, it put a lot of things on hold for others, you know, and canceled certain events. So, yeah, and even the discovery of it as well. And, uh, you know, us reporting it to the World Health Organization, uh, it resulted, unfortunately, in us that is South Africa being shunned by the rest of the world and having the world close its borders to us, uh, which wasn't ideal, actually, you know. No, it wasn't. Heartbreaking, actually. (laughs) But I'm glad, though, that some countries did sort of backtrack uh, after, you know, um, I I don't know how it happened and who spoke to them to convince them otherwise, but it was a relief that, you know, some countries did uh, um, reverse their bans uh, of, of travelers from South Africa and people traveling to South Africa from their own countries. So that was a bit of a relief as well. But it was also the fact that uh, it was found out that the Omicron variant was also found in UK way before we actually announced it. So we were shunned because people thought that it came from us originally, but it didn't. We were just the first people to actually announce it to the world. So, you know, uh, someone actually tweeted that, you know, we we owe South Africans an apology and actually to say thank you to South Africa for pointing this variant out because that's what we essentially did. Just because we pointed it out doesn't mean that it was first here. It was also in the UK before it was here. Yeah, that is so true. That's so true. And I'm, I'm glad that person, who, who was that? Um, or was it just a, a tweet? Gosh, you and technicalities. I don't know. Like, yeah, I would have remembered the person. I don't know the person. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad though that backtracked, <laughs> and it is a relief. Uh, but of course, we are still waiting though for the president to give an update as to what's to happen because, um, you know, the the weekend, the long weekend of the 16th of June is fast approaching, and uh, December. Usually, yes, I beg your pardon. Of December is fast approaching. And it's that time, I mean, last year, president did give an address at the same time as well, and uh, harsher restrictions were uh, imposed because of the increase of numbers of positive uh, COVID-19 cases. The trend is similar this year in the sense that the numbers are increasing on a daily basis, more deaths, uh, more positive cases. So it's likely that uh, we can expect an address from the president, probably trying to impose uh, harsher or stricter restrictions we can only wait and see you know at that point what he does or what he decides to do 
Yeah, so unfortunate because, you know, we were just hoping that things are about to open up right now, um, especially with the unemployment rate being so high now. And it's, it's like the highest it's been since the quarter of 2008. So it's just really shocking because it's 34.9% um, according to Stats SA. Um, and people are really hoping that, you know, things are going back to normal slowly but surely and that we'll be able to get employment but now it doesn't look so great oh yeah no it doesn't say eh? and um like you see harsher restrictions and the closing down of uh, events and uh, restaurants and, and the like sadly will result in the loss of further jobs uh, already uh, there's two two restaurants uh, can't recall what they were i was reading an article some time ago actually earlier this week, uh, where two restaurants in Durban, um, you know, put out statements on their social media accounts just stating that, you know, they have no choice but to close down and, you know, they've tried to go on as long as they could. But uh, it seems like the hand uh, was really forced, you know, to, to actually close down. There's only so much they could do. So, you know, harsher restrictions uh, will be more harmful, actually. Um, to to the economy and to unemployment and to businesses that are already existing so it's yeah the the future is really bleak truth be told yeah and just in terms of also like you know there's been talks with the president meeting with the national command council that some people may be banned if they're not vaccinated or fully vaccinated to attend certain events or to go to certain places um what's your take on that well <clears throat> Sorry. Well, the whole idea is that is to I mean to get people uh, a vast majority of people vaccinated, right? I mean, I, initially I heard that it was supposed to be at a rate of seventy seventy plus percentage, and you know, let's let's assume that you know this is the right thing to do, right? Vaccinating uh, of people and the vast majority thereof. Um, I have no problems with. Uh, fully vaccinated people attending an event um, and being safe and obviously having regular testing. Um, and those who haven't, uh, well, geez, we don't know. And you see, the, the difficulty there as well is that there's not a lot of scientific proof as to, you know, uh, what, what do they call this? This is a different form of immunity, like, uh, I forgot what it's called, the exact phrase, but uh, it basically means that if you've caught uh, COVID-19 before, you do have the antibodies and you do have a certain measure of protection. And there's, there hasn't been a lot of talk about, you know, that kind of immunity as opposed to vaccinating. So it's, it's, it is kind of tricky, but let's assume that <clears throat> if we had to stick or rely on what the government says that for certain events to take place, the attendees have to be fully vaccinated, then I'd have no mm. issue with that you know uh so be it so and that's why i probably i also have issues with the cancelling of the matric rage even though yeah i'm well above the age of 18 and i won't be attending matric rage but you know that event was probably the safest option for those uh matriculants in the sense that all of them were fully vaccinated and uh, they had made arrangements for people to get tested on a daily basis at the event so if that's not safety i don't know what is you know uh because now what some of the these teenagers are deciding to do is to 
branch off and and have because they've already paid for accommodation they've paid for tickets they've paid you know they've traveled a long distance some of them have decided to themselves like no we're gonna have a good time regardless but unfortunately now we're not at an event where we'll be tested daily and we're not among people who we know for a fact are double vaccinated so it it, it is kind of risky uh for them so i don't know eh? uh, i think that's probably my thoughts if if the double vaccination thing is really to be relied on then i suppose that's the way to go and those who haven't well too bad so sad what do you think well i think if they they shouldn't have given people a choice then i mean why didn't they make them mandatory for the from the start for me it just seems like it's just a, a money-making thing because now they're saying that you need booster shots and all of that why if you've been fully vaccinated do you need now booster shots and the thing is that when once you've been vaccinated you can still catch it um there was an article i was reading i think it was in hong kong in the hotel room two fully vaccinated people gave each other Omicron. Um, so like, I'm not sure what difference the vaccine the vaccine made then, because if the argument is that you, you need to be fully vaccinated to to go to an event, what's, what's, what's the motivation behind it? Because it, it can still spread between vaccinated people. Um, I don't see the, the, the argument there. Oh yeah, no, I get you, and I agree. I agree, especially with the daily testing. If uh, if we look at the matric rage uh, events, like uh, with them, they were going to do tests daily. Like if people were did indeed test positive, what were they going to do? Were they going to chase them out? <laughs> because now, and remember, the purpose of the vaccine is not to uh, prevent contracting COVID nineteen. It's actually to uh, decrease your chances of dying or ending up in hospital. Uh, through COVID-19. So we'll have positive cases. And um, But the, the good thing is, if the vaccine, if the vaccines are indeed as effective as they say they are, it, all the positive cases uh, or the people who've contracted it are less likely to end up in hospital. So that's, that's the aim of the, the vaccine itself. I don't see how it assists in, in events per se, because in any case, the double vaccinated people will attend that event and go back home and possibly back to people who were not double vaccinated and maybe pass it on to them, you know. Uh, so it's it's really tricky, you know. There's no right way or wrong way to do things, but it seems like in any, it's like a catch-22. Anything you do, any decision you make, there will be consequences either way, good and bad. That is true. Um, so let's move on to now what, you know, kind of with every year, of course, there's people who unfortunately pass away. Um, who are some of the deaths that, you know, stood out for you? Uh, this For me, uh, I'd like to mention first, uh, the king of the Zulu kingdom, who King Goodwill Zuelitini, who passed away in March, right? And, um, yeah, his passing obviously was quite sad like as with any uh passing away of any person but um when he passed away of course there was an issue of who would be his successor i know that his uh, surviving spouse uh the queen was to uh act as a, an interim but she too unfortunately uh like a month from from his death also passed away and now the current king missy zulu uh the eldest son of king goodwill's relative is now the the king of the Zulu people. So yeah, yeah, 
this passing of uh, King Goodwill Zolotini was quite a, uh, what's the word for it? Yeah, quite a notable passing as well, because I mean, he had been serving as king for quite a, quite, quite some time, actually. And then uh, there is uh, the accident that took place uh, earlier again this year that took, they claimed the lives of um, Killer Gao, Mbora, and uh, you know other people that were traveling with in the car that passed away in that accident. And uh, yeah, their passing was very tragic as well because it's a group of very young people who had you know their, their whole lives uh, ahead of them. And um, but nah, it was their lives were cut short. And uh, it's sad now that you know we we left behind with, with their music, <clears throat> which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I mean it is a painful reminder of you know what uh, what uh, bright futures they had for themselves. You know. Uh, those are just a few of the deaths that I want to mention uh, for now. Mm. Well, I want to mention the passing of my aunt in April, and um, there was just so much drama surrounding her um, death because she was beaten to death, and unfortunately, we we never knew who the perpetrators were, and her body was also registered as a Jane Doe in the hospital. And when we tried to locate the body, she had been registered under an, uh, another name. And, you know, there was whole, a whole conspiracy and, you know, to, to, to get her body back because um, people were obviously trying to steal the body as, you know, funeral parlors have been reported in the news lately that people are, you know, stealing bodies. So you just have to always make sure that you're actually going home with the right body because, you know, people are really scammers out there. But eventually we did find her body and uh, gave her a respectable burial. So it's it was just a huge, you know, um, burden and surprise on the family. But, you know, we, we, we are working through it and, you know, coming to terms with the passing of my aunt then in uh, April. Oh, that was quite tragic, eh? Uh, for you and your whole family. How you? How have you guys been uh, dealing with the whole situation since then? Well, we're just taking it one day as a time at a time. Is it? And uh, have you been in contact with uh, your relatives that you were with together at the funeral? And 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 uh, what? How how do they seem in terms of like how they live in life now? Yeah, it's still we all just taking it one day at a time. So yeah, and another okay. passing that can you know um, truly just like it was a surprise to, to most of us was the passing of Shona Ferguson because um, rising and rising doing brilliant things in the TV industry and the film industry and it just seemed very sudden you know like last week this week so it was really surprising, but um, I've just been amazed at uh, Connie Ferguson's strength because she just seems so strong and her faith seems stronger than ever right now. Um, she's always just posting these motivational posts and her faith in God, it's just amazing. Um, I, I really look up to the way she she's handling the whole situation. Oh yeah, props to her. And uh, would you say that that's also the, the approach you're taking as well with regards to the losses you and your family have suffered as far as, you know, uh, you know, um, placing importance on your spirituality uh, and just being a, a pillar, I guess, to your family? 
Now people deal with grief differently. Mm -hmm. So sometimes your your faith gets stronger, sometimes it gets weaker. So yeah, people are just dealing with grief differently. Um, I can't compare one person's grief to another and how they handle grief because it's personal. Um, for me, I don't, I don't, I haven't been handling it with faith. Like I said, I've been taking it at a day at a time and yeah, just handling it as it comes. So um, that's, I get yeah. You. I get you, yeah. Similar with me as well. I mean, I'm still grieving a parent who passed away in 2020, you know, and it's, uh, it's been quite a journey actually. Uh, I can't also, I'm actually, I'm in the same boat as you and as far as not having a, a specific way of going about how to uh, deal with the grief. I've just been, like you say, taking it one day at a time, but also just learning and uh, not trying not to uh, dwell too much on, on painful memories, you know, try to look at the, the good things uh, that we, we got to enjoy uh, by having her in our lives, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, and it's similar also like with Shauna Ferguson, Connie Ferguson and, and their children. I, I also wonder, you know, how they're, they're dealing with the whole situation. I'm sure they are probably what, like in their twenties now or probably either late nice. teens or early twenties or much older, who knows, but uh, losing a parent is not easy. So uh, I'm sure with them as well, it's, I'm sure their, their mother though is, is quite, uh, a source of strength as well because she like you say she's been all positive or you know spiritual and inspiring really so hopefully they're, they're able to keep it together as a family and, and move forward in life yeah yeah uh Menzin Gubane also passed away this year and um Steve Kekana former president de Clark and Zanele Makwazan Sibi uh also some of the people who who passed away this year um most recently you know naledi um from the real housewives of johannesburg and she passed away after her battle with cancer and she was a two-time survivor but unfortunately it did end up claiming her life um just recently so r.i.p to to all the people that we lost this year and um hopefully you know we don't lose any other people because the year has not been finalized yet. But um, yeah, we live in faith. Oh yeah, of course. But I mean, it, it is life, you know, so we, we never know, you know, what may happen. Uh, what I can say to that is, we should try at least to, to live our lives and be positive because um, I'll be honest, you know, looking at the transition between 2020 and 2021, um, we thought that we're leaving 2020 and uh, woes behind, but lo and behold, 2020 was just a little bit worse, you know, and uh, we're approaching the end of December now, and um, it's likely that, it's likely that, you know, 2022 is, will be probably much worse than this. Uh, so I think for now, the best thing to do would be to try and be positive and Try and be positive, don't let, you know, life, well, let me not give this as advice, let me say this as myself, like my approach is not to let life get me down and to be positive and to try to put goals I have in mind and, and not let anything get in the way. And if something does get in the way, then so be it, it is life, it's part of life anyway, loss, grief and the like, 
you know, but uh, if something does happen, let, let it happen at least with me having no regrets, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just with, with the passing of people and also people murdering other people, as we all know, you know, GBV and femicide is a huge thing in this country. And this year, for, I saw one of the worst cases um, in the case of Nositelum Deveni, who was found in a suitcase, chopped up, and her boyfriend murdered her. And he was recently sentenced to 25 years imprisonment. So at least um, he he was caught and um, sentenced. But, you know, I feel like he could have gotten life because of just the way it was so heinous, his act, but um, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, GBV is a real thing in this country, sadly, uh, throughout. And this story and others as well, like, uh, that have managed to get into the media, um, it's it's only a fraction of what's going on in the country. That's, that's the sad reality of it. Like, there's probably much more of this going on, uh, and it's really sad and heartbreaking. Hopefully there's a way for... I don't know. Uh, let me just ask you this while we're here. You know, um, what is your take on 16 days of activism uh, against women and children abuse? Well, um, I think that it, it's important to highlight it, but it, it should be a, a, an ongoing uh, theme throughout the whole mm. year, not 16 days in December. But uh, I, I understand why it, it's, 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 it's given special days because it's not something that, you know, it's it, it's ongoing. So I don't know why it's it has to be 16 days, but I guess if they're giving it a special time, then, you know, I think 16 days should be every month. Oh yeah, no, I get you, I get you. And in any case, let me ask you this then, if, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, uh, what are the lessons? I, I know that we currently, if we're not currently in 16 days right now, uh, it probably ended a few days ago. Um, what lessons have you learned from this particular uh, 16 days of activism? Nothing. <laughs> um, should there be yeah. lessons that we must learn? Because it's it's uh, it's about awareness of um, uh, violence against women and children. Um, I think it's it's. I don't know why we we as the lessons to be learned. I don't know. Well, maybe not lessons per se, but maybe like being made aware, right? Like uh, you, you said earlier that the, the whole idea of 16 days of activism is to make people aware about women and children abuse. And once we are aware, you know, um, I guess the lesson or the, the steps that we could take are to maybe pay attention to what's going on around us in our immediate proximities uh, with either relatives, friends, and uh, and the things that we know, right, that, that happened, that, maybe we might know or choose to keep quiet about, we can actually probably be brave enough to take a stand, one. And two, maybe it's to start paying attention to our own behavior as men or as women or anyone, because GBP can work either way, right? Um, But the idea would be to, during these 16 days, be aware of the problem, take a good look at ourselves, see if we are in any way being toxic or, or, or uh, a danger possibly to to anyone who's vulnerable women or children or look around us and see is there anyone around us who uncles cousins friends who is in a, an abusive relationship or who is being 
as a perpetrator of things and to, to take steps to sort that out. Because the truth, truth be told, this is not to deal with at a large scale as individuals. It's things that we can do in our immediate surroundings. So I think, uh, you know, 16 days is important in the sense of making us aware, uh, but also uh, helping us or help us to take a look around us and to take the necessary steps to prevent this happening in and around our uh, vicinity. That's the lesson I, I take from that, at least. And as much as I haven't uh, paid attention to a lot of campaigns, but um, yeah, with, with the news that's been coming out, sadly also that coincides with the 16 days, we, we get, hear a lot about news coming out of uh, certain people who abused their partners um, or raped them even, you know. Those kind of things do sort of help us or others take a look at ourselves, but also have a look at what how sick our society is as well. So that's my take. That's that's the lessons I walk away with. And as much as I didn't really pay attention, close attention to a particular campaigns or any speech in particular that was done by a minister or whatever, but like having being aware of the 16 days and the news coming out, it's helped me to take a closer look at myself and the people around me. And I hope. Think. I'm not saying that everyone should, but it, it, it is a start. That's just my take on that. Mm. And uh, there was also Rosemary Lovu who was convicted um, of killing her cousin, sister, boyfriend, niece, nephew, and another relative. Um, and she got six life sentences. So uh for life insurance. So I'm glad she was also sentenced. She just seemed to show no remorse of what she did and yeah, I'm just glad that she was finally brought to book. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Her story was just sad and heartbreaking. Mm, the details and everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I did uh, notice some uh, news stories around uh, Rosemary and Clover and the things she did. Yeah, it was all heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible world we're living in and it's a terrible, I guess, 2021 has not been kind to us at all. <laughs> Mm -mm. Um, before we because in one way it almost broke the Guinness World Book of Records when um, Josia Mesitole was pregnant with 10 babies uh, the Tambisa 10 the couplets and it turned into a huge controversial story with you know Homer Faye saying that there was no such thing and also the hospital said no no such born and now of course independent media has put on the youtube channel about human trafficking which is actually like a two trillion rand industry and you know the 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 things they talk about on the series it's actually scary like with um, officials high officials in the, the hospitals and home affairs being involved in uh, the whole thing and I'm just uh, wanting to find out what's going to happen again because I've watched the first episode, but obviously I think every week they roll out um, a new episode, so I need to catch up on that. But so far, like the details that have been coming out, and it's just scary, the amount of human trafficking that is actually happening. I mean, and even in Midrand, there were some people who were actually um, caught who were being human trafficked and luckily some of them got away, but others were sold and it's like 175K per person. 
so it's just scary the things that are actually happening out there oh yeah it is eh? it is very scary um especially with, with these uh these decouplets from tembisa right um like you said earlier a lot of controversy around that matter as to whether or not that incident did actually happen uh initially well it happened you know uh, i um, don't yeah so we are now especially with uh uh, uh you know uh, independent media coming out now with uh i guess a documentary that's coming out in, in different parts and different episodes we'll have to see how it unfolds and a lot yeah there was a lot of controversy at the time and i think though initially that uh it was handled well in as far as protecting the anonymity of the patients because i mean there's this thing called dr klein uh, confidentiality obviously you won't go around uh willy-nilly spreading uh, information about your clients or your patients so i i felt that the hospital and the doctors concerned if that's how it did indeed happen that they handled it handled it very well and as far as it not coming out and then the breaking of the story then for me i did have issue with it because i do i am a, a I am a supporter of the law in as far as, you know, uh, respecting confidentiality and uh, privilege and, and those kind of, kinds of things. I don't have all the facts regarding the story uh, in as far as how it came out and who did what and who exposed what, but uh, I wasn't happy with it coming out, of course, because it's against, obviously, you know, the law in as far as uh, privilege and, and things like that. But that's just my opinion. Uh, and then on the issue of trafficking, I'm sorry, you'll have to repeat that. Eh? Uh, no, I'm saying, what do you mean, uh, how it came out? Because it was uh, obviously the people went to go interview them and they spoke to the parents. So what do you mean, how it came out? Uh, okay, so if it was the family that revealed it, uh, I guess that's not an issue. But if it was a doctor, then I would have had an issue with it. Because uh, to me, it seemed like was the hospital and uh, the medical staff. And I, I could be mistaken there, and I probably could be spreading misinformation as it is, but uh, that's the impression I had initially, and that's yeah. why I felt a certain way about it, yeah. Yeah, no, the, he actually interviewed with the parents, the father and the, the, the mother, who said they were so excited about the, the, the children. So, yeah. Um, it didn't come out some type of way. It's not like he went and stole the story. Um, he interviewed the, the, right. the father and the family. Interesting. I wonder though what, what the nature of... Uh, let's just wait and see what comes out. What, what's, have you been following the, the docu-series or the documentary so far? And what's come out? Yeah, as I said, I watched the first episode and uh, it talks about the human trafficking um, the the just the trade how how much it's actually worth and as i said the government officials and hospital officials that are actually involved in the whole process so obviously and it just came to show with uh, independent media being the only paper to cover the the story because why aren't the other media companies uh, covering the story um it, it shows that there are high ranking officials involved and also the, the, there's other stories at the same hospital, triplets who were also just disappeared into thin air. Um, and the father's actually still attacking them. And as I said, it's, it's an ongoing series. So 
they're still going to unravel more details. Um, and the owner of independent media is uh, one of the people who speaks. Well, I look forward to checking that out uh, and uh, being educated myself because I knew very little about this and a lot of what I've heard seems like speculation in comparison to, to what you are telling me right now. So I look forward actually to watching that documentary and educating myself on that particular story and stories surrounding that and human trafficking, which is like a very real threat in our society. And it's a scourge really, you know. Um, so yeah, shout out, I guess, to independent media, you know, for pushing this uh, to where they have and I hope they continue. I hope it, um, no one or nothing gets in the way of them actually uh, putting out more episodes of this documentary. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 scary because, as you said, you know, not many people are aware of this thing that's going on, but it's actually a very real thing, and it's it's as they said, it's over a two trillion rand industry, um, and it's just a pity that it's not being reported on as much as it should be, and it just seems like it's something way over there, but it's actually not. Um, it's very real. And people should actually educate themselves and, 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 you know, should you find yourself in that very unfortunate situation, what can you do about it? Because, you know, you, you never know what might happen. Uh, I remember even last year, there was um, places where in Pretoria, where you had to, where if people had applied, you know, and went there for a so-called interview, but actually uh, they were being uh, taken and you sold or tried to be sold off um, in the human trafficking ring. So just be careful out there, you know, it's, it's a real thing. It's not just hearsay, it's not just somewhere out there. It's very real in South Africa. Oh yeah, definitely. Another one of those things that I feel like, just like I said earlier about, uh, you know, 16 days of activism, and, and being aware of these things happening, it's also on us to look around in our own surroundings and, and at ourselves as well and try to protect ourselves and those around us also when it comes to things like uh, trafficking and, and the like. Especially people who have parents, uh, I mean, who are parents of children who are quite young and uh, who may be vulnerable to be uh, kidnapped even uh, by people either outside of their schools and, or anywhere else where, where children find themselves being alone or not with a lot of adult supervision. So yeah, very important stuff right there. Man. Mm. And uh, the one of the other stories that caught my attention was actually the petrol price, which was around 14 Rand in the beginning of the year. And now it's just under 20 Rand. And uh, it just had a ridiculous jump. Um, it's actually scary because if you think about it, if petrol goes up, everything else goes up. So it's not just something that's like, oh no, it's only for motorists to worry about. No, uh, it actually affects everything, food, prices. Uh, yeah, so it's just very scary in this time that you know, salaries aren't really going up and people are losing jobs. Uh, it's very difficult to think how people are actually going to survive um, going forward. Yeah, that's true. Eh? 2021 has been pretty bleak, eh? to say the least. I think that's probably the word of the year, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, uh, when it comes to describing how 2021 is 
And uh, when we look back on what it was, it was really bleak with a whole lot of terrible news, a whole lot of things uh, that were happening that were really not in our favor, you know, and didn't really add any joy to our lives. In fact, if anything, 2021 was sure seemed like it was designed to break us down. And, uh, you know, to those who are still standing, shout out to you guys. And yeah, sure, she said, she said, really, truth be told. Um, yeah, the, this, this jump in the petrol price is really high. Like you say, like from 14 rands at the start of the year to 20 rands. I mean, that's the highest jump in, in quite a long time. Uh, I hear, though, that um, the hike in the petrol price allegedly is actually, you know, we have issues with uh, ESCOM and load shedding. Uh, I heard in a podcast mm-hmm. that one suspicion that, uh, or one theory, that they have uh, regarding the increase of the petrol price was to actually uh, sort of deter uh, generate generator owners because I'm um, you know how do we power generators by petrol and so moving away from the grid per se and sticking to generators and the like um, is 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 not much of an incentive anymore now that the petrol price has gone up <laughs> so we'll all sort of fall victim. You know, to, to the load shedding, there's really nothing or very little that we can do about it. Either that, or we can resort to uh, solar power, which is in itself also quite expensive. So there's really no way out of this situation, sadly. But that speculation and conjecture is really nothing. There's no weight you can place on that. But I thought it was just interesting to to mention. Well, um, you know, with uh, load shedding and between load shedding, crime and the pandemic, like it's very difficult for businesses to survive. Um, You know, it's just hard. Imagine having to close shop because, you know, you don't have electricity, then now you're scared because criminals might come at that time. Wow, Um, we're really being put to the test as human beings and business owners and just being alive right now in South Africa. Um, But, can we just move on to something better or feel good stories? Uh, so yes. one for me that really stood out this year was the dancing Spider-Man or Spidey, as we know him in South Africa, who just took over in May. And yeah, he was really a stress reliever and he danced like nobody's business and uh, invited to children's parties and in the clubs. It was a real thing. Uh, I just wonder where he is right now. Yeah, me too, because he was really bubbling up. Uh, I know that in, he was also performing at some clubs as well, dancing while DJs were playing the set. Uh, so yeah, he had made quite a name for himself and uh, was really appearing to be on the rise. I did see some videos um, of him as well, uh, making the rounds uh, on Instagram. And also, uh, he actually, there's a lady he began dancing with. I hear that uh, she's either his late, um, girlfriend or wife. I'm not sure the relationship there, but you know they also dance together. And yeah, they, they they really killed it, truth be told. And it was nice to have you know uh, something like this happen, which is a bit of comic relief, much needed comic relief at a time when you know things were pretty rough. I mean, it has been a rough year, so it was really great to be entertained in that way. And yeah, man, I just hope he. They learn to diversify, of course, in terms of what they're trying to do, because, I mean, this could secure uh, some sort of uh, income for them in a way. Uh, And I hope, 
you know, they can try to make it more sustainable and, and you know, yeah, just wish them all the best, actually. Mm. And what are some of your feel-good stories from this year? Uh, some feel-good stories, um, well, seeing as we're in lockdown, well, we've been in lockdown since March last year, 2020, till now, <clears throat> I think uh, for me, it was the world, not the world, but the country sort of opening up, um, you know, towards the end of this year, or the, from the middle of this year until the end, because that's when we saw um, a rise in the number of events that were taking place, whether it was festivals, whether it was uh, outings, uh, restaurants being opened up again. Um, so just, I just want to point out a few festivals that took place earlier this year. Uh, but one event that was uh, a real highlight for me that you and I actually got to attend together was a an art exhibition actually hosted by the Da Vinci Connect. And uh, the artist featured there was uh, Sandy, the Arts Creations. Um, really enjoyed that uh, art exhibition. Um, she did a really good job. The, the whole gang actually did a great job in putting that together in terms of uh, performing artists, like musicians, the, the artworks themselves, and uh, the entertainment, you know, as well. And in between, it was really a dog vibe. It was great to be out and about after being in lockdown uh, for a very long time. Uh, another festival that took place that's kind of more recent actually than earlier this year because the, the art exhibition I spoke about that happened in June this year, just before the um, the July unrest. Uh, later this month, well, last month actually, we had the Chilla Nazi cookouts, uh, which was really dope. We had it twice actually. We had one on the 7th of November and another one took place last week actually, last week Sunday, the 5th of uh, December, so that was nice. Also, we had the Sundance Festival as well in uh, Linfield Park. Uh, you know, so we had quite a number of festivals coming out and then taking place in our city, which was great, you know, because it seemed like things were opening up. But then, of course, Omicron had to go and shut that down. <laughs> mm, um, yeah, so the, the art exhibition was very unique in the sense that, you know, it was uh, in a unique event and they had artists there from Peter Maritzburg who were performing and of course we sat down in an interview with Sandy the Art Creations and you can check that out on uh, an intentional podcast so do yourself a favor and check that out because it's, it's it gives you more perspective to what goes into putting together an event like that and how it was so successful. Exactly, and the fact that uh, Sandy's just a great personality. You know, you, she dropped a lot of gems in that interview, so a lot of worthwhile gems that a lot of um, either I think the youth in here in Peter Marsburg in particular, and maybe people who are interested in the arts or entertainment uh, could learn a thing or two from the gems that she dropped. In as far as being resilient and believing in yourself and, uh, and pushing towards your goals, irrespective of who you may try to you know, uh, get in your way. And that was quite inspiring, actually. So yeah, shout out to Sandy. Okay, yeah, and um, yeah, so with me, uh, if you, there's no more events and stuff, I know quite a lot of artists also came through um, to Peter Marisburg, like in the different clubs and lounges, etc. 
I know Casper was here, DJ somebody. I know Sanal Musician came through at some point with Simi. Not sure who else, but yeah, they were quite a few. Excuse me, Major League DJs was here as well. They performed at that, uh, where's that club that, excuse me, that's on Victoria Aura. Road? No, not Aura. Aura, that, that's uh, uh, Sanctuary. I forgot what that club is called, but yeah, it's uh, it's in Victoria Road. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Major League DJs was here. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, can't think of it. Oh, Java actually came as well. Uh, I think Big Zulu as well at the Yellow House they performed there uh, some time ago, but it was like a very short performance, eh? uh, so I hear at least. Uh, so uh, quite a lot did happen in PMB while we're still in the, the lower levels of, of uh, lockdown. So speaking of Big Zulu, uh, I hear that uh, he managed to bag a lot of awards at the SA Hip Hop Awards this past Friday, I think. Friday or Saturday, it was the 10th. Not quite sure which date it was, but uh, I was keen on watching that award ceremony, but I missed out. Uh, did you happen to watch it or how did you find out about the awards? Nah. I'm not really into hip hop, so I uh, didn't watch it. Uh, but I saw online that, yeah, he got a really a lot of awards. Big Zulu, and I saw that Kesper won Artist of the Decade. Yeah, yeah, that was quite uh, quite an achievement, actually. I think um, I think it's about time that Casper got his flowers. I think he's done a lot. I think if we didn't already appreciate him now, I'm sure in a year or two will think back and, and, and reflect on, on the number of things that he's achieved over the years yeah. um, and, and really uh, yeah. give him true flowers at that time, if not now. But this award is surely uh, a step in the right direction as far as making that happen because yeah, he's, he's achieved quite a lot. Today. I mean, one major thing that I'd want to point out that he did was the whole fill-up uh, movements, the fill-up uh, events where, you know, ordinarily or er much earlier in music industry you know we, we had a lot of international artists coming here to perform um and you'd find mm. that the stadia would be filled out and uh you know the crowds would be like present for the performance of the international artists but only to find that for local artists the support wasn't as great mm. so casper's fill-up movement was quite a success in in the sense of you know getting the attention that you know or really uh or sort of convincing us South African uh, consumers and I guess lovers of entertainment and music to actually start supporting our own and showing up to live performances of our own artists as well. So if that's of the many things that he's achieved as a, a recording musician, I think that's one thing that he has to be given his flowers for. So yeah, I think personally, I think he's deserving of this Artist of the Decade Award. Mm, definitely, I agree. Um, he's very... He's a visionary and he executes his projects, you know, to the T. And I'm glad, you know, he's finally getting uh, recognition for that because, you know, he, he does battle a lot of hate as well. But, you know, he always comes up on top. So good for him. Yeah, good for him. And I just want to run through a few award winners here from the say hip hop awards um so as already mentioned big zulu won quite a lot one award that he won was uh best album for for new yorker 
Uh, mixtape of the year went to Aries with today's tragedy, tomorrow's memory, the mixtape. That was a nice mixtape. I enjoyed that during the year. DJ of the year went to Miss Cosmo. Best freshman was uh, Blackie uh, for his album called Before Now. And then finally, I'll just, there's a lot of other categories, but I'll just limit it to these last two, well, three actually, but firstly mentioning Artists of the Decade, as you mentioned already, Casper your best, and then best female went to Boiti Tulo, and then best male went to Big Zulu. So, and and uh, here that uh, Sol Pendula from Podcast and Show was actually hosting these awards. I'm hoping there's a, a rerun or something on, that was posted on YouTube that I can watch. Um, I'm keen to see how he, he uh, you know, managed presenting that, that entire award ceremony. Oh, well, <laughs> about Seoul, you know, um, his podcast with uh, Mac G, um, it was under a lot of scrutiny lately because of the Jupe Jupe episode. And uh, he also like retaliated with him calling out, you know, the cancel culture and black Twitter. So what was your take on that whole situation? Uh, well, my take is that uh, I have a lot of respect for uh, Matt G as a broadcaster, for Saul as well as a broadcaster. Uh, I think their interview style is very unfiltered, very real, very raw and authentic. Um, and there is an audience for it. Uh, and I, I think with regard to the interview, particularly with Joke Joke, so uh, I don't think they did anything wrong in my opinion there, you know, because that's their style of interviewing. Uh, as far as the questions they ask, everybody's been asked, who have you smashed or whatnot? Do you do anal, this and that? You know, that's the nature of the content. Uh, it wasn't different here. Um, the information that uh, Joke Joke revealed though, and what he said, uh, well, that's, I, I guess at this point now, it's for the court to decide because now he's being sued for uh, allegedly raping um, Amanda DuPont uh, during their relationship repeatedly even, you know. So, but as far as the side of the podcast itself, I don't fault, personally, I don't fault them in, in any way because that's the start of their content. And anyone who's not into that kind of content is free to listen to other podcasts or any other sort of uh, entertainment. Uh, yeah, with Jupe Jupe and uh, Amanda DuPont, that's for the court to decide, and that's all I can say on that. So what are your thoughts on uh, the McGee interview and the comments that Jupe Jupe made about uh, him and Amanda? Well, I don't have any comments about what he said about him and Amanda, because that's between them two. Only they know what happened, and the matter is in well, we'll be in court or whatever, but it's being dealt with separately. Uh, so I'm not going to comment about that. All I want to comment about is the cancel culture and the black Twitter that Mackie also had mentioned. And um, with that, I just think that people should be very careful um, in deeming people guilty or telling people um, just based on hearsay on what someone has said. Uh, without the proper facts and uh, proof or evidence because um, apart from just like tarnishing someone's name and people losing their jobs, etc., you know, what if uh, it comes back and the verdict is that it was false or, you know, like in the, in the 
case of Ooh, Java and Lady Zamora where you know he he was found guilty by people and then only to find out later that uh, it was false accusations and he had lost gigs and everything like that so in terms of people's reputation as well like you 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 can't get something back um after something has tarnished your name so much and your brand and your image etc um now you know he'll be known as someone who was a rapist but in actual fact he wasn't so just in general people should be careful because it's actually a, a lawful offense if you 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 lie about someone on uh, social media you can actually be sued for that so just be careful also with what you say um on social media because at any time you know what if someone just comes and spreads lies about you on social media and people take it as fact how would you feel and so just exactly. be careful Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. What's the damage as far as those, uh, as far as Java's concerned, as far as uh, possibly other people who have been falsely accused of uh, things like this, like rape and uh, gender-based violence and, and so on. So yeah, just be careful, I suppose, how we maneuver. And of course, I think besides how we maneuver, being careful about how we maneuver in social media, I think we should also be careful about our, our, our interactions with people in general, sometimes, you know, people, some people may have um, uh, ulterior motives mm. and may use certain instances to, to trap a person, male or female. You know, I know that there's been, um, there's something that's uh, been trending a lot or happening a lot in, 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 in Joburg and, and Santon that uh, there's ladies that actually try to seduce, seduce uh, these rich guys or celebs or whatever. And you know how it is, right? I mean, celebs will always, not really celebs, but like uh, successful people who are probably single or who are in open relationships, they are likely to actually experiment with other people and have interactions with them. But then what happens now when these guys have um, sex with these ladies or whatever the case is, uh, the ladies uh, the next morning go to the police station and report that they were raped and try to extort money from these people. So now... This is also now an, a modus operandi as far as you know that whole scene in in, in Santon is concerned. Um, I'm not relating the two obviously to uh, uh, Amanda and Troop Troop. I'm just pointing out, in addition to what you are warning us about in terms of us maneuvering in social media, it's also important to you know uh, I don't know I can't say screen, but like be careful about the people I guess we we interact with and, and associate with really because uh, they could. They could not very well not be uh, in our on our side, you know. Mm. That, that's then, all I can say on that. Also on social media, it's not really who they say they are, you know. Um, you could be talking to a complete stranger, uh, but they've built up this whole social media persona only to find out it's a a predator. So just be careful in general. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> those are some of the things, the dangers actually of. I guess being in the public eye and uh, having sort of dealings with someone who, on, on very thin ice where it could e go either way, you know. Mm. I, I want to move on to uh, our favorite music of the year, like songs that made an impression on us, songs that we really enjoyed, songs we danced to or heard and really loved. Uh, do you have yeah. a set of songs that are like real standouts for you uh, this past year? Okay, well, Msaki, uh, Kim Trails with uh, Cairo SA, hey, uh, Os Osama, which is on the top 10, 
with Zake Spantwini. Uh, so Matrix, Yotando, um, Sanal Musician, obviously came out with his album this year. And um, who else? Uh, Gabza, Aduele, and Asibe Hepi. Yeah, I think for me. And then obviously Adele, um, Easy On Me. Oh, yeah, that was a nice song. It's a really cool song. Um, it's sitting on, on hundreds of millions of plays now on Spotify, so it's doing very well, actually. And even the music video, I'm sure it's on more than, I think, hundreds of millions, actually. Of, I last checked, it was like on, like, the first few days of its release, mm. it was like on 14 million. So I can only imagine what it's on now. I haven't watched it in a while. But yeah, it's yeah. quite a successful song. Yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. a real good a real standout actually and also with uh, her uh, performance that was organized by Oprah with you know all these celeb people who came to watch her and I saw her her um, Vegas plan for next year she's booked out from Jan to April all the weekends are fully booked yeah I'm not surprised because eh? this is Adele guys like your Adele when Adele releases you know people move up uh, you know move aside and let her do her thing you know that's that's how it works in this whole well at least that's what i assume how it works in, in the media and in the music like when a big artist is going to release not many artists go and, and release on the same date i mean you'll remember when drake came out with his certified lover boy uh there weren't many major releases you know he was given the space to mm-hmm. do his thing kanye west as well with donda and now as you mentioned with um with with Adele and uh, her album Thirty as well. When it came out, uh, not very many major artists came out. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong though. Um, but yeah, that's but usually the trend. Against Adele. <laughs> yeah, really, you can't can't compete. Eh? She's a she's a mega star at this point, honestly. You know. Um, have you had a chance to listen to the entire album? No, I listened to it well. Her performance, so. Uh, so you won't remember the songs by title, but you'll you uh, heard some really good music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's and cool. you, what songs for you this year? Uh, for me, there's a number. Sadly, quite a number of songs. Sadly, not a lot of them are, are local artists. But uh, I think, I don't know if, tell me if you know any of these songs, right? There's uh, Leave the Door Open by Bruno Mars and Anderson Park. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that was a huge song earlier this year. Actually, they com- um, collectively, they call themselves Silk Sonic. They also released an album, I think, if not the same week as Adele, probably the week before. But yeah, they also did very well. Uh, another song I like is Industry Baby by Lil Nas X featuring Jack Harlow uh, from his album called Montero. Uh, I liked uh, Knife Talk by Drake featuring 21 Savage and Project Pat, <laughs> uh, which is from Certified Lover Boy. And there's another song also on Certified Lover Boy called Way Too Sexy uh, by Drake, Future, and Young Thug. I don't know how I feel about the song. I have very mixed feelings about it. Uh, Champagne Poetry was a nice song as well from Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Um, I like Praise God by Kanye West, which is from the Donda album. I might as well run through some of my favorites from Donda while we're here. I liked uh, Jesus Lord. My favorite song actually on the album is, is Remote Control and Hurricane featuring uh, The Weeknd. And then just to mention a few local artists that I really liked uh, that you may not know. Uh, Anzo featuring Aubrey Kwan. There's a song called Umganwako uh, from the 3310 EP. So Anzo, you may or may not know, is under Us Java's label. 
1020 cartel and he released an ep called with, a, with a, a really, some really nice songs on there but my favorite has to be the one about Unganwako, which talks about checking on your friends uh you know and just asking them about how life is you know if they're you know going through depression or whatever the case another local artist that I, I liked i also mentioned him on an episode we we did earlier this year uh una rams the song that i like is called hold me when it's cold which is a really dope song oh i also like uh girl in the mirror by zex bandwini featuring sky wonder uh that's that's in uh zex bandwini's new album called uh ghetto king right yeah ghetto king i've listened to half the album i have, I have yet to finish it but so far so good uh but i must say i can only listen to that album when i'm like in the headspace and in the mood for afro tech i can't just listen to it um at any time you know but it's mm -hmm. it's a really good body of work so shout out to zex bandwini for putting that together it's a quality body of work i must say production wise vocalists uh, lyrics as well with the uh, you know the singers who are featured there so very good uh, piece of music. I'm, I'm sad though that Girl in the Mirror is not in the top 10 um, of, of Songs of the Year by uh, uh, Ukozi FM, but I'm not surprised because there's other songs that are huge contenders, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as a consolation, I suppose Osama made it onto the top 10 and it is also a huge song, you know, and you mentioned it also as one of your favorites, you know? Uh, mm. Yeah, it's quite a lot to look up, uh, look look forward to actually in terms of music uh, this year. Uh, you mentioned some songs in the top ten. Do you want to run through the top ten, or is that played out now? <laughs> just kidding. Nah, um, um, I just know that Osama was one of the uh, songs on the top ten, and Nasibe Happy was also one of the songs on the top ten. But um, no, Adiwale as well. Uh, Adiwele by Young Stunner, Caps of the Small, and DJ Maparisa. Another one of your favorites. Mm. <laughs> yeah, some good songs. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, that's all. Yes. Oh, go ahead, carry on. Uh, I said that's all as far as music is concerned on my side. Oh, okay. So, uh, with every year, of course, there's also a new series that come out or new, um, what do you call? Movies, season. Seasons. Ah, yes, yes. So uh, this year, Blood and Water season two came out, and a lot of other shows that came out, like Shomo the Wife, which is very popular on Showmax at the moment, and it's based off uh, Dudu Busana's books, the Shomo series, and there's also Happiness Ever After, which is a movie with Kenyambao, Renata Stoman, and another lady who's a very good actress, Shane. Uh, How to Ruin Christmas, which I've just watched, The Funeral, and oh my word, it's so funny. It's so good. Like, I think the How to Ruin Christmas, um, whatever you want to call it, I don't know if it's a movie or series, but yes, it's very good. Um, I'm not usually a, like a, a comedy person but I can stomach that. And I think the actors and actresses that are on there really make it, you know, a, a quality production. So I think that's something that you can look forward to and watch these holidays that will um, actually just get you on the Christmas spirit. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a nice way. It's uh, a very nice recommendation actually, because uh, some of us may not have necessarily have plans uh, over the <clears throat> festive period, but um if we do have means and, and a way of, of catching up on Netflix and other sort of series and movies, I think that's a, that's a great idea, actually. I already, I also got into some 
Netflix watching um, cool. this past weekend, but I didn't watch anything local. I just watched uh, an old movie, actually. Um, what's it called again? Uh, the one with Morgan Freeman, um, where, the, where this guy breaks out of jail. Shawshank Redemption, yeah, that movie. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm actually on a, on a, on a personal mission right to watch like movies and series that are part of pop culture that i actually may have missed out on in my youth or much later in life um so that's where my mind is as far as like entertainment where you know i'm watching stuff on tv or the internet and so on okay uh we also reviewed jiva series um i just forgot to mention it uh jiva of course was a local produced series that was based in durban and it's a dance series and uh we did a review on that so check it out if you haven't already it was also one for the books for this year i wonder though if there's gonna be um a second season or what yeah i'd love for that to be a second season actually just um to give them a chance to to grow the, I guess, I don't want to say franchise yet at this point, but excuse me, who knows, it could just become a franchise as well with time. Um, but yeah, I mean, some things were left hanging at the end of that uh, series, so it would have been nice, it would be nice to see some things being, you know, being finalized, so to speak. But of course, it's always good to leave us hanging. Unlike, uh, what's this, unlike uh, the second season of uh, Blood and Water, in my opinion, in my opinion, at least, I, I don't feel like they left much hanging there. You know, very few things were left hanging. And I'll be honest, on my side, they left the things that I didn't really care about hanging. And um, I'm okay with not knowing what happens <laughs> as far as those things are concerned. But, you know, the whole thing of confirming whether or not uh, the main character's system, or the main, yeah, the, the, the main character and Figile uh, Bele is that these two, whether they're sisters or not, the finalization of that for me just sort of killed it you know like when i now that i know that i know mm -hmm. where they stand officially like uh, i don't need to know much you know so mm -hmm. but who knows if it does come back for a third season they may just uh, find a way to to make it more interesting and more captivating i suppose we'll just have to wait and see there but yeah jiva uh, i enjoyed jiva actually a friend of mine also watched it um as well after um listening to our review and he loved it actually he was thoroughly impressed so i was i found that quite refreshing because i as much as i loved it i wasn't as impressed as he was i was like okay that's pretty and actually so yeah, shout out to to the, the gang that put together um jiva jiva the series yeah um so with with the year end i think that's you know uh we've wrapped up music entertainment news um i just wanted to mention like like five top points of things you can leave behind in the year 2021 it's a thread uh by the hero hero hito on uh, twitter and it says, uh, okay, the first one I'll choose is stop overthinking. The past is behind you now. Number two, stop avoiding conversations you really want to have because of fear. Number three, stop doubting yourself when you are more than capable. Number four, stop comparing yourself to others in real life or online. And number five, stop trying to please everyone because it's just not possible. Um, and just from my side, a personal one that I wanted to add um, for to leave behind is just to stop being fake. You know, in 2022, 
be your real authentic self show up as you are you know um it's it's a short life but it doesn't mean that we don't we, we can't make it meaningful and the way to make it meaningful is to just be yourself uh why pretend to be someone else or something that you're not because life is too short and you should always show up as your best self and i think it's probably the best way to wrap up this special episode of uh, unintentional podcast where we took a look back at the year that was 2021 a review uh some tough times yeah some some really tough times we've, we've faced we still faced in but amid all that there have been some highlights and, and things that we really enjoyed and appreciated and hopefully we'll be able to you know maintain that like uh, despite whatever challenges we may face during this, the rest of this year and 2022. I think I'll encourage everyone just to pursue happiness, positivity, despite whatever challenges you may face. Don't let them get you down. Because unfortunately, I do believe that, uh, I don't think things will get any better from now. So we, we, sh we should actually sort of learn to live with the situation as it is and just Try not to let anything rob us of our happiness. I think that's what I'll say. And uh, we will see you guys next season. We'll be taking a break. We'll be back early next year uh, with uh, another episode, of, uh, the first episode of the second season uh, of the Unintentional Podcast. So, yeah, we look forward to that. And, yeah, those are my final thoughts. I don't know if you have any other closing thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah, that was very wise. Um... You know, uh, I just wanted to, before we go, just if you would, if you can, if you'd like to share something personal to you that was the highlight, one of the highlights of your year this year, just one thing that you're grateful for. Um, because as you mentioned, you know, it's been a tough year and it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier. We just have to live with uh, whatever we can at the moment um, and make our happiness despite our circumstances. So just for you, can you mention one or two things that you know you're grateful for for this year oh yeah i think uh the most important is life i guess you know being alive and as much as uh, life is challenging um yeah life and, and family and friends life family and true friends for me those are the things that i, I really appreciate and mm -hmm. uh are things that are uh yeah that i really appreciate and, and i'm grateful for uh this year friends mm -hmm. with you included as well in that in that you know uh description of friends yeah so yeah those things life family and friends how about you yeah i agree um family and and friends you know just those are the type of things that have kept me going throughout the year um despite different circumstances that came up um i've always you know had that to to rely on and of course just uh life as you said um you know every day is not guaranteed but here we are and we're still standing so there's still life to be lived absolutely and uh, i for one cannot wait to get back for the second season next year with the things that we up. so yeah excited for that thank you for sharing man and thank you for asking that question it was quite nice and thank you and thank the listeners thank you everybody who've supported us you know we launched this year and we're actually doing very well um in terms of our listeners and numbers and everything so thank you for all your support and we hope you continue to support us um as we go into our second season 
and we just love you thank you for your love as well yeah thank you very much Kazi and uh, those who've been reaching out to us individually uh, the people that we know personally who have given us feedback you guys know who you are we appreciate you keep coming back for more yes definitely and follow us we're on instagram we're on facebook an intentional podcast yes sir i'm excited about that uh yeah i'm excited about engaging more man with the friends you know and having input from them but we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. next year so yeah once again thank you very much we will see you next year take care everybody much love bye